What's up, y'all? Welcome back to the Follow That Fear podcast, a show dedicated to empowering you to follow that little fear, pursue what's calling you, and take it one step at a time. My name's Kat, and I'm the host of this show. And today, I'm so excited to bring you a very special guest. Her name is Julia Dugo, and she is a blogger at palmtreesandpellegrino.com. She's a program manager by day at Adobe, and at night, weekends, and anytime she finds the time, she is working on her blog. I had her on the show because she is really sophisticated about her blogging business, and I was just really intrigued to learn more about her story and the way she really formalizes and treats her blogging like a business. We talk about her history, we talk about brand deals, we even bring up how to work with bloggers if you're a small business or if you ever want to. I'm super excited to have her on. I hope you enjoy the show. And if you take anything away today, even a little ounce of knowledge, I ask you to share this podcast as much as you can. This is the way podcasts grow. So I would super appreciate it if you shared this podcast and left a review on iTunes. Thank you again. I hope you enjoy the show. She is a fashion and travel blogger and just an Instagram like go-to fashion girl. I love her. She also does a lot of like advice giving on um, a new series that she's doing on Instagram called Ask Julia. I adore her. I think she's the freaking bomb. And what's up? Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so <laughs> much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. This is my first podcast ever. Yay. Um, so I feel really honored and I listen to your podcast all the time on my commute to work. Um, so I'm super excited to meet your audience and hey. to chat. Awesome. So I'm super happy to have her here. We're going to get started on some questions. Okay. Is that I am cool? so ready for this. Okay, cool. Yay. Um, so first, let's talk about the beginning of your journey. Yes. Um, why did you start your blog? And I'll just like ask you a handful of questions and feel free to go like whichever way you want to go. But like, Great. Why did you start your blog? When did you start your blog? And like, what's that journey been like? Great. So the official beginning of my blog started in between my sophomore and junior year of university in 2014. I honestly was bored and I thought I really want to work on something. I love photography. I love travel. I love writing. And it just seemed like a great way to remind myself of how many opportunities I've had by just documenting. And so it really started as an online diary. Um, I was writing for myself. I actually kept it hidden for a very long time that I had a blog. Um, and so that's how it started. And then fast forward two years, I graduated in 2016, moved to Seattle um, for Adobe and didn't know anyone for the first time in my life. Um, I grew up in San Diego. Um, went to college in San Diego, and that's where I'm from. Um, and I always had family, friends, everything. So moved to Seattle, didn't know anyone, didn't have anything to do after work. And and so I thought, I'm really going to get into this blogging thing and see where it goes. Yeah. Um, and so while I was there, I hit my first 1,000 on Instagram within a couple of months. 
Um, and I started getting invited to events and I realized, wow, this is a community. I can make friends here. I have people to hang out with that see things the way I see things. Um, and so for me, it turned into a, this is a social activity and I'm so excited to be exploring new cities and uh, meeting other people. And then as far as when did I take it more seriously, yeah. I would say when I hit about 3000 on Instagram, mm -hmm. um, I'd been in Seattle maybe eight months at that point, and I had friends that were there that could shoot content for me, mm -hmm. and I was bouncing ideas off of different people, and so it really felt like, okay, this is a real thing. Um, I've never had the goal of going full-time, but I realized this is this is something that I want to take seriously. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the beginning cool. of, of the blog. Tell me a little bit, and we're going off topic, and- yeah. That's Again, okay. we could still talk because I'm going to edit yeah. stuff out. Um, this is a little bit off topic, but I do want to talk about community yes. because you we chatted before this, guys, um, and I didn't ask you this last time, but I know that a lot of folks that are following me and probably following you too, mm -hmm. like when you want to build something, you can get so siloed doing your like own thing, right? Yeah. Like in your own zone, like I'm going to create content, da, da, da. And like how important was it to have that community piece and how did it help you grow? Like, mm -hmm. like in what ways was it just Instagram or was it like, did they help you actually learn stuff and yep. tips and tricks, tips and tricks? Like what was, how did the community, having a community impact you and your growth? I would say it was a huge impact because um, when I was in Seattle, I started connecting with different bloggers. Um, mm -hmm. One of the big ones who still inspires me now is Emma from Emma's Edition. Yes. Um, and so just having people that see things the same way as you, but also might see things a little differently. Yeah. Um, so being able to talk about ideas and hear feedback on my work or give them feedback or yeah. say, oh, we're thinking of doing this. It's such a creative space and it really, really helped me. And in fact, when I did move to San Jose, um, there wasn't really a community or at least it wasn't an obvious community because there are a lot of creatives here I've come yeah. to discover, but Seattle was really established, really easy to find. Yeah. So the first six months that I was here, I was in a creative rut. I, you know, I call my friends in Seattle and be like, I don't know what to do. I, yeah. I can't think of what to write about or talk about or yeah. because I don't have you guys. Mm -hmm. And so as I started making friends here, as I started finding that community, I kind of came back to myself mm -hmm. um, because as much as you can do a lot being in a silo, yeah. you're really within your bubble. So mm -hmm. you need other people coming in and out of the bubble in mm -hmm. order to, to have some growth. Question, and we won't focus on this too much longer, no, but okay. I, I know folks are interested about this. How did you put yourself out there? Because it's awkward. Talk about like your, maybe your first event or like yep. the first event you were interested in going to. Mm -hmm. Did you go with someone or like, what did you have to fight through to like actually start it? Yeah. It. To get, have a community and to like put yourself out there a little bit. Cause you do like right, when you right. meet people. Yeah. So my first event, I went, I had a friend that happened to be visiting. So okay. I was like, can you come with me? And we talked to maybe one person. Yeah. Like, I felt like really that it was clickish, that people knew yeah. each other. And so I was kind of like, okay, I don't know if this event thing is for me because mm -hmm. I don't know anyone. Mm -hmm. So that's my first event. After yeah. that, I was a little bit iffy on the whole going to events. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then there was this girl that had been following me for a while, or we'd been following each other, mm -hmm. um, another travel blogger. Okay. And she DM'd me one day. So this is maybe three months after that okay. whole 
event to drama, awkward. Yeah. Not drama, but you know. Yeah. And so she said, Hey, we've been following each other for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to get a coffee. And suddenly it made me realize, oh my gosh, it's okay for me to reach out to people yeah. on Instagram that I've been following, or maybe someone that, you know, maybe it's a recent follow and I think they're cool. Yeah. It's okay to say, hey, do you want to get a coffee? Yes. Like, I don't know why it didn't occur to me until someone reached out to me that it was okay to do that. And she's actually one of my best friends now. That's amazing. So that's my go-to. Love um, this. I, I want to pause here. You guys. I don't know how many people on like, especially my community on Instagram have mentioned like how awkward it is to network and like, they don't, you know, like, mm-hmm. how do you like find a community? One, you're going to have to put yourself out there. And to. like mm-hmm. after your first event, you're, it's not like all stars are going to line and you're going to have this community. Like right. you have to continue to like get yourself out there, meet people. Also a lot of like, I I've noticed, and maybe this wasn't your experience, but like for me, I've totally felt that clicky vibe sometimes when you mm-hmm. go to a, like, an event. Right. But a lot of the times it's in our heads. Like, yeah, it, really, it is. really is in our heads. And like once you open up and like maybe meet this person and that person, you realize really quickly that like it's not clicky. It's just they know each other and like exactly. we're all kind of awkward. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. I'm actually really shy. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are shocked to hear this. So for me, if I don't come up to someone in an yeah. event, it's because I'm terrified to <laughs> introduce myself. Yeah. And then I get feedback that, oh, I thought you were aloof or I yeah. thought you didn't want to talk to me. And it's like, no, I just was feeling the same thing you were feeling. Mm-hmm. And I was like glued to my friend over here. Yes. Um. So yeah, I, I think a lot of it is in our heads. That is amazing. Honest. So Y'all, if you want to start, it doesn't matter if you are a blogger or if you want to start a business or if you want to write a book or if you want to freaking buy a house, Mm -hmm. get yourself in a community of people who are interested in that because it's only going to elevate you and help you get be more creative and like give you ideas and all that good stuff. There are websites where you can like meet up with people for any freaking topic in the world. And if you can't, find one, then create an event. Like, Mm -hmm. like you can do it yourself. So I just want to call that out before like we move forward. Cause that's such a big deal that like a lot of people can't like, it's hard for people to like create or have a community, but it's like, you don't just have one. You got to like put yourself out there. And I mean, a lot of my audience, I like to think are creatives. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, think some of your audience are also creative. Yeah, yeah. We are so lucky. It's mm-hmm. so much easier to reach out to another creative and say, I love your work. I would love to chat sometimes. I mean, going to maybe a meetup where you're interested in running, that can be scary because yeah. you don't know if people are weird. Or yeah. Like, so I'm only this way when it comes to other creatives. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I'm not like that. So yeah. I just am like, we're lucky. We have all these people we could reach out to. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah. Yeah. Get yourself out there. All right. Thank you so much. That's so good. Um, all right. So let's get into a couple more questions I had. So when let's talk about brand deals because one thing that I was super interested in is like one I you seem just to have brand deals pretty often two it just feels so like you're really or like it seems organized and it seems doesn't seem fake just feels like I mean to put it it just feels like you got your shit together when it comes to brand deals and I really respect that because one, I know people have questions about brand deals. Mm-hmm. And two, I've had a couple brand deals or not specifically brand deals, but I've worked with brands. And mm-hmm. I know it's not as like simple as like, hey, here, like 
put this, put this on, take a picture, done. Like, yeah. I know it's a lot more complicated mm-hmm. than that. So I also respect that, like, you have a full-time job, you have brand deals, and you have a blog. So I know it takes time. So when did, let's start with the beginning. When did you start um, working on brand deals? And like, how did that process kind of start and feel yep. like? Um, so I would say I got my first couple requests after I hit a thousand followers on Instagram. Um, of course they weren't paid. They were just companies reaching out saying, mm-hmm. we'd love to send you, um, you know, a shirt or whatever it was, yeah. um, in exchange for, for social media coverage. And so that was the beginning. And of course it's always very exciting. And mm-hmm. as I tell a lot of people that are new to the space, even though the first, you know, even now I'm still excited when people reach yeah, out. I'm yeah. like, wow, you, you want to work yeah. with me. Like, it's <laughs> A little bit of that imposter syndrome, mm-hmm, right? But um, sure. so always make sure though that who you want to, or who is asking to work with you yeah. is a good fit for your brand and for your people. Okay. Um, so that's the first thing, regardless of if it's your first or your 50th or if they're offering you $0 or like yeah. $3,000, yeah. you need to make sure to keep your credibility that they work with your brand. Um, 100%. So like yeah, I'd say the 1000 is where we started. Mm-hmm. Um and then as I've continued to grow, and I guess we'll talk a little bit more about paid yeah. projects as well. Yeah. Um, but I didn't really start getting those as often until around eight to 10,000 okay. um, followers. And then now that it's over 10,000, yeah. I would say it's more frequent. Okay. Um, okay, cool. I know. So we've talked about this in the past and we talked about pitching and I know that can mm-hmm. be so freaking awkward for people. Yeah. Like you guys, I don't know if you know this. Some of you do, some of you don't almost all influencers who are out there, like they also have to pitch themselves. It's not just a one-way street Mm -hmm. of brands coming to you, especially like what Julia just told us, you wanna pick brands and work with brands that like go with your content and what you want to share with your audience. You want it to be honest, right? So tell us about the pitch like process, like Mm -hmm. have you ever pitched? How often, what does that look like? Mm -hmm. Any, you know, anywhere you want to go with that. Um, So I see pitching and really blogging in general as being a business. Um, So treat your blog like a business. That's kind of my mantra for this year. It's what I (laughs) tell everyone. I know you had a podcast about treating your business like Mm -hmm. a business. This is very much along those lines. Yes. So pitching is really just sales. Yes. Um, and you need to treat the brands you're reaching out to like a partnership. Mm-hmm. Like you're reaching out to it, like as a business, you're reaching out to another business. Mm-hmm. So you need to have a, a few key things that you include in your um, in pitch. your pitch. So five things okay. that I always include. Okay. And we want to keep it short and sweet because a business or whoever you're reaching out of the brand that you're reaching out to, maybe they have a hundred emails a day yeah. from other bloggers or creatives wanting to work with them. So, yeah. right. Keep it short and sweet. So first thing, um, who you are, I like to keep that to a sentence, just a basic idea of, you know, who you are, what you represent. Um, second piece is why you love the brand. I have seen so many pitches from people that say, Hey, I want to work with you. Here's what I'm offering. But why do you want to work with them? Mm-hmm. Is it because they're a female-owned company? Is mm-hmm. it because you think their designs are really creative? Let them know, again, in a sentence, why you're reaching out to them, other than I want free things. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, third piece is really clearly state what you're offering them in return. So I like to say, here are the proposed deliverables. And depending on what you're asking for, 
it might be, um, you might say, I have a blog post I want to write, an Instagram post, yeah. um, you know, whatever those deliverables are. Um, another added piece that I also like to include is some sort of idea for what that content would look like. I so love that. Not just content, but if you say, I want this dress and I have this idea of going to shoot in a flower field and mm -hmm. have a bohemian look and, and providing more consulting as well, yeah. not just giving you this dress. I, I want to pause there real yeah. fast. You guys, that is so I, I love that you provide an idea because not only does it show the brand that like, okay, yeah, clearly you're interested, you're pitching, but like, I have an idea for this. I'm invested in this. Like it, this isn't just like an exchange, a transaction. Mm -hmm. Like I actually care and put thought into like your brand and what might fit in. So yeah. I just wanted to throw that out because I love that you mentioned that. Mm -hmm. I don't think a lot of people yeah. do. Yeah. And I want to, so this happened recently mm -hmm. to me, actually, I was able to convert a one-time deal mm -hmm. into a year long based on that. Hell yes. yes. So, and so this is like a real, like, yes. a real thing. <laughs> like just by saying, yeah. this is the idea I have for what you're asking for now, mm -hmm. but I have ideas for next month and for this other time of year for other things we could do to continue this. And they're like sold done. Uh, this is great. So love. providing that extra piece, mm -hmm. like really can get you a long way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's the deliverable part. Okay, then cool. the next piece is data. Okay. Analytics are so important. Um, if you work in business, you know, everyone loves their KPIs. Yep. Um, so sharing a few details about what your statistics are, um, you know, Instagram engagement rate and followers, yeah. blog um, unique monthly visitors, for example, maybe Pinterest views, whatever your key items are sharing that. Mm -hmm. And maybe you don't have a lot of followers, mm -hmm. but a lot of times, like when I was smaller, my engagement rate was way higher than a bigger blog. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, use that engagement rate. Yeah. As, find, as a key. Yeah. Find what like highlight, what highlights you can talk about. Exactly. Um, and then the last piece, which I think is also really important, mm -hmm. important is that media kit, um, which yes. the media kit will have the, those analytics, mm -hmm. but I think it's like a little added bonus, um, for the brand. They may not look at it, but yeah. I think a lot of them do. Yeah. 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 Um, I asked you this last time, what is a media kit? So there's different views of what a media kit actually is, yeah. but in my mind, it is the creative version of a resume. Yes. Um, I always keep it to one page. I've seen 10 page media kits do not recommend because again, brands time and other businesses time mm -hmm. is valuable. So you can do in one page, everything that they need to know. Mm -hmm. Um, and in that one page, you want to have a small about you section. Um, you want to have your analytics. So what you probably repeated, um, in that email, I like to include information like demographics mm -hmm. of my readers, um, as well as perhaps some past partnerships, if, if you have some, mm -hmm. um, some of the ones you're proud of. Yeah. So every so often I'll go and update if I get a new deal that I'm really excited about. Um, and then lastly, I'll include a few photos of just content yeah. that I have. Yeah. Um, so it's a really quick, like one page idea of what, who you are, like what you're offering and what your brand is. Cool. Thank you so much for explaining that. Um, and then also we talked about this last time. I just mm -hmm. wanted to add for the media kit part, um, there are a lot of templates you can find online guys. So don't think that like, you know, like, oh, like this is this huge, pro like if you want to put together a media kit, like it's going to be this huge ginormous project. It's not like, uh, don't think that creating a media kit is this like huge process. You can go to canva.com 
Um, they have tons of templates on there. You can find templates, like you can buy them on Etsy, I yep. think you mentioned, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, I've seen that as well. Yeah, like you can purchase them and then like plug and play um, mm -hmm. if you wanted to create a media kit. Um, just wanted to throw that out there. Now let's go back really quickly. I'd love to know more about how, what that process looks like mm -hmm. um, for non-paid brand process. Like what can a person expect if they like started blogging, maybe they hit 1K, 2K, and they're starting to have brands reach out. Like what can they expect if they replied, you know, yep. to like one of them or two of them? Yep, so usually um, an email from a brand or a DM might look like, hi, we are really interested in working with you. This is our company. Um, please let us know if you're interested. We'll send along more details about the collaboration. Um, and assuming they pass your, I, I call it the vibe check, but that they work with your brand, that they're not a scam because not to say that a lot, there's a lot of scams out there, but I have received some questionable emails, um, that look like they could be bots or like a fake ish company. So that's why checking their website, their social media is really important. So assuming that the brand partnership would be a good idea, like you like the brand and you decide to move yeah. forward, um, and you ask for more information they will tell you, let's say, oh, we'll offer you um, a shirt in exchange for these social media posts. You want to know your numbers. And that's why I was saying, mm -hmm. other than having your media kit, knowing your numbers is important because if you're getting offered a $10 shirt that you don't really want, and they're asking for a blog post and an Instagram post and, yeah. you know, five hours of your time, your time's not worth two hours, mm -hmm. the, you know, $2 an hour. So that's why, you know, you kind of have to look at that and don't be afraid to negotiate. If you think that you're providing enough um, engagement or enough content to them, maybe in an Instagram post for what they're offering, it's okay to respond and say, I really want to work with you, but for, you know, what you're offering, how about just one Instagram post and one Instagram story? Mm -hmm. um, because they're running a business and just like anyone that runs a business, yeah. they want the best deal. Exactly. So make sure you remember to negotiate. All right. So move forward. Let's say, um, you know, you get the item, you take photos of the item, yeah. you post it. And that's kind of it. Like, okay. I would say non-paid is usually pretty simple. Okay. They don't ask for a whole lot because it is gifted. Yeah. Um, I would say schedules are way more flexible. They might say, oh, please post within two weeks of receiving the item. Got it. Um, so it's, it's pretty, I would say it's low like key chill. compared to paid. Yeah. What about paid? But what does the paid process look like? You mentioned it was a little bit more complicated. Complicated, yeah. So what does that Which makes like? sense because yeah. it's it's paid. It's, it's money. I will say that I know people at fifteen thousand followers that have never gotten a paid project. Mm -hmm. I know people at five thousand followers that are converting to paid projects all the time. So it's not necessarily all about the number. Mm -hmm. I just want to throw that out there. Yes. So I love what you said about not being afraid to ask yeah. for money, and they might respond and say we don't have budget or they mm -hmm. might respond or they might not respond yeah um but that's okay so with a paid project a brand let's say another brand reaches out mm -hmm. skincare and they say we'd like to work with you i go about it one of two ways either i ask them what is your budget for the project okay it's more open-ended it can pay off because maybe they have a way bigger budget than what you were thinking yeah and they throw out a number and you're like oh i was gonna offer lower yeah or maybe it's the opposite they yeah. might say oh our budget is a hundred dollars and i was thinking 300. so yeah, yeah, yeah that's one way to go about it then the other way which i would say i do more often yeah. is i'll say um something along the lines of here for what you're requesting here are my typical rates for okay. this content. Um, 
and I don't do a rate sheet mm-hmm. and, because, and some people do and, and it works, but I think it really depends on what the brand is asking for. Yeah. And so every deal is different. Yeah. And so you have to kind of really customize your rate sheet. So it makes sense. It's just easier to do it all in an email, I think. Yeah. Um, so let's say you get to a number, you're both mm-hmm. happy. Um, paid has a lot of contracts. It's always contracts yeah. when you do a paid partnership. Always read your contract. I've been stuck before in a couple of exclusive exclusivity clauses. What um, is that? So an exclusivity clause is like a brand saying, you can't work with a competitor of ours for three months after this goes live. Got it. So that's an it's important long, one. Like, yeah. <laughs> super important. I, you know, some of these contracts are 10 pages. Yeah. So I would skim at the beginning and be like, oh, looks good. Super excited about the brand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then realize, oh, I can't work with this other brand now. Yeah. So one well, in beauty, I imagine that's beauty like, is hard. Yeah. yeah. And they always have exclusivity clauses. Got it. Um, so make sure you raise your rates if there is one of those because you do have to factor for um for the lost income and other projects. Got a little derailed. Anyways, so signed your contract, ready to move forward. Um, The times, like it's a lot more structured when you do paid. A lot of brands will say, this is our idea. This is the talking points you need to talk about. Um, You need to post by this date. Sometimes they'll say by this time on this day. Um, So it is really structured. And with paid, now that most of my projects are paid, I have mm-hmm. to be really careful be- mm-hmm. with work specifically. Yeah. Um, only because if I know I have to post it, you know, on a Monday at 1 p.m., maybe I'll be in meetings. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm on a business trip. So I keep a really structured content calendar. Mm-hmm. One, to make sure that I'm able to meet their expectations, yeah. but also that I don't double book myself. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. And then... The last piece is once the content's yeah. all delivered, um, they usually want to approve it before it goes live. So okay. a lot of projects for me, I'll send them the photos, I'll send them the caption, mm-hmm. the hashtags, everything goes mm-hmm. to them before it can actually go live. Um, so once I've posted, you send an invoice. Yeah. Um, there's invoice templates you can find super easily online. Like I just Googled invoice template. template. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> and then, so it's very basic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you send it off and then they have payment terms that yeah. you wait for and then they pay you and then nice that's basically very it's a it's a much more extensive yeah process. it definitely is so you have to i mean you should have your shit together like you, you if really you're do need to. yeah it's like it's a reality. business deal it's mm-hmm. not like some like just like a little post or two yep. and i hope like those of you who aren't influencers and maybe you're listening to this and just like feeling like just to understand this world a little bit better. I think this is super helpful to like smaller businesses. Maybe you're a small business who has never thought about like influencer marketing ever um, or on Instagram or any socials really. Maybe this is like a fun outlet for you to collab with someone, but I hope you're listening to the details of this of like, Mm -hmm. like it's not just like super easy just to just throw a post together and just post it. There's a lot of thought behind it. And even for the small businesses here, it's so important to know the other side because not every influencer you work with will do these things. Yeah. And I've met some, I've talked to some small business owners that tell me, 
I'm never doing influencer marketing again because I sent them a product, they didn't post, mm -hmm. or um, I had these expectations, they didn't meet them, mm -hmm. and it just burns the whole bridge for yeah. all of it. So also as a business, you need mm -hmm. to do your research before you pitch yeah. to a blogger and make sure that they're legit and that you think that they're going to actually be a good fit for your business yeah. because you're giving them your time, your product, your you know, money. Yeah. And so you want to make sure that they're good for you as well. A hundred percent. And off of this, I know we didn't plan to talk about this, no, that's but okay. off of this, like, don't just go off like the number of followers that mm -hmm. they have. Like if you're interested in sending someone your product, or maybe you want to offer like a photo shoot to the, for them, or I don't not, I don't know what you do <laughs> or what you want to do, but don't just get like excited over the number of followers. Look at their posts. Are they talking to their customer? I mean, not their, their audience. Um, do, are there like comments under there, like engaging with them? Just like get a whole vibe versus just going to like looking at that number of followers and thinking mm -hmm. like, oh, they must be good, like a good person to work with. Right. Like do your homework a little bit. Yeah. And it also depends on what you as a business are looking for, because some businesses, let's say you're looking for website content or photos for your social media. So you want someone who has really high quality images. Um, and maybe that person has fewer followers or maybe your goal is to drive traffic to your website. I mean, that's always a goal. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But if that's your number one goal and you don't necessarily care about having more content on yeah. your, you know, socials, maybe you'll go for someone that has more followers, but yeah. has maybe a more casual photo, yeah. you know, style. I, I love that you brought this up. I want to mention one more thing because I know for sure that um, in my audience, there are folks who like, who are bakers or mm -hmm. who create like, uh, party plan or photography, you guys get create. You can get creative on how you work with influencers. So let's say there's like a mom influencer in the Bay Area who you've done your homework. She has an engaging audience. Maybe you can offer her like your like macarons for an event for mm -hmm. her kid's birthday. Yep. And in exchange, all you'd like is like a quality photo and you can use that photo going forward. So like, like if you wanna work with um, influencers or bloggers, like do your homework, but you can get a lot out of it too, as long as like the terms are there. Right. All right, I wanna go into formalizing your blog and mm -hmm. your content because I think you do that so, so well. You really, really do. Um, I know a lot of people get stuck yep. in in this area of like just posting on Instagram. I know like a lot of like bloggers and influencers starting up can get just so IG focused. It's true. Um, how did you formalize your blog and your content? Because mm -hmm. your content is just gorgeous. Oh it's so thoughtful. You're so you're too nice. It is. <laughs> you guys should have seen the pictures she sent me. I asked her. I was like, "Can you send some pictures for social?" Like you know once after this podcast is in, her photos are so good. I was like, shit, I need some photos, <laughs> some better ones. But you're, you just, you, you have great content. When did you start formalizing it? And like, what tips would you give to help people like formalize, yep. you know? So first thing is aesthetic. You want your brand to kind of have that thread across all of your mm -hmm. um, accounts, whether it's your blog, your um, maybe Pinterest, your mm -hmm. Instagram, your Twitter, your TikTok, whatever. You want people to know that when they're hopping from platform to platform, that your brand is strong. I don't always do a great job at this. We've talked about this, how my Instagram is much more fashion focused than my blog. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but there's some overlap, so I'm going to try to bring them together at some point. But having that aesthetic, also owning your domain name, um, very important. I think just having something that says .wordpress or .blogspot already kind of makes you look like you're not very serious about it. So yeah. if you don't have a domain, you should definitely buy one. I think it's $12 or $15 a yeah. year. Great investment. And just a heads up for anyone who doesn't know what a domain is, it's just like your own personal URL that like you own. Yeah. So like I have catdelcarmen.com and I own that. Nobody can take it from me. Yeah, exactly. Um, so aesthetic is one. The second big one and maybe even bigger than the first yeah. is all about being consistent. Yes. And consistency does not mean that you need to be creating new content every day or posting on Instagram every day or blogging every day. What it means is literally just being consistent and yeah. realistic. So if that for you is posting once a month, I mean, you might not grow as much if you're yeah. still posting once a month, but at least you're on like a path yes. of consistency. I love this. I love I just want to pause because you guys, I've talked about this on the podcast a lot of times, but like consistency is huge. Honestly, nothing grows without consistently. Like you mm -hmm. need, and it, you, you can, exactly what you said, Julia, like you can pick your own pace, do what works with your schedule guys, like, but have consistency. That is how we grow and how we evolve just as people. Like if we take out like the take out social out of it, but like in general, when we consistently do the things we want to do, we grow, we evolve. Um, so I just wanted to pause because it's yeah. you, you already said it. It's like even bigger than the first one. It is like consistency is key. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. And, I don't mean that. And last and going along with that also is just being realistic. Yes. I work all week. So for me to release three blog posts a week and maybe have five new photos every, you know, every mm -hmm. week on Instagram isn't really realistic for mm -hmm. me. So sitting down and being like, what is realistic? What can I do? Yeah. Can help you with being consistent. Because yeah. if you set unrealistic goals, you're going to for sure be inconsistent. Mm -hmm. Inconsistent. Yes. For sure. And you mentioned this the first time we talked, but off of that, like be realistic. Also, don't compare yourself. And you said this, mm -hmm, Julia, mm -hmm. when I when we talked, I don't know when we talked, <laughs> when we talked last, you said like you gotta not compare yourself to other people in your business, whether you're a blogger or a photographer or whatever. If like Julia works a full-time job, if she can't post five times a week, she's not gonna post five times a week. Um, but don't look at other people, guys. Like don't look at Instagram and look at your, you know, another baker who's posting every day with quality content mm -hmm. and like beautiful pictures. If you don't know what their schedule is like, they probably yeah. don't have, they probably have a lot more time than you. Maybe they don't work. Maybe this or maybe that. We don't know, but like we can't compare ourselves to other people, especially when like, you know, we have full-time jobs. Right. I have a full-time job. She has a full-time job. Yeah. And I love what you said about us not knowing what's actually going on because yeah. I have a friend that also has a full-time job at another tech company is also doing her master's, oh my God. also blogging way, in my opinion, way better content, way more consistent than I am. But I had to sit back and realize, okay, Yes, we're mm -hmm. technically doing maybe the same thing, but who knows? Like yeah. maybe she doesn't sleep eight hours a night. Like I, yeah. I insist that I do. Yeah. Or maybe she's not as invested in her job and is more invested in blogging, whereas like I'm really invested in my job. Mm -hmm. So really we just don't 100. know what's happening behind the curtain of social media. Mm -hmm. And so we really cannot be comparing ourselves. A hundred percent. Like we 
don't know. I mean, I have a baby now and mm-hmm. I'm doing more now. Yeah, and some of the things here is like, right? Like, yeah. Like, I, I thought I was so busy before, and now I'm like, wait, I'm so much more. Like, there's so many more things pulling me away from what I want to do. But it's like, we don't know what everyone's schedule is going to be like. And we we have our own things that are important to exactly. us. Um, do you ever get down on yourself about your growth, how much how much followers you have, like, if, if you're not growing fast enough? Because I know so many people are mm-hmm. feeling that way. And I'm just curious of, like, how do you combat those feelings? Like, what do you do to, like, stay focused? Yes. Yeah, and I still have those feelings. It comes in waves. Some days I say, oh, I don't care if mm-hmm. no one saw this article or this post. And then other days I'm ready mm-hmm. to pull my hair out. So I think at any size or you know, that you are, you will always have that. Mm-hmm. I've talked to people at 200,000 followers, and they're like, I'm not going fast enough. And I, you know, <laughs> so we all feel that way. I don't think that ever actually goes away. Yeah. Um, I just had to pull myself away and realize, though, if I'm helping one person, Mm -hmm. if one person read my caption and was able to apply, like I just talked about some Pinterest tips yesterday, and that um, Instagram post actually didn't do very well. Mm -hmm. But there are people that commented and were like, this is really helpful. I'm going to go apply this. That alone to me is already a win Yeah. um, because one person is following my advice. Yeah. So it's not so much about the whole group, but it's about realizing that the group is made up of many individuals. Yeah, and it's your impact. Like, exactly. Yeah. Um, and as far as really numbers go as well, I've chilled out a little bit. The mm-hmm. only time I still do have some fears, I would say, yeah. or a hard time is when I am working with a brand, it's not that I'm saying yeah. I'm promising you a thousand likes on this post or a thousand views. The, if a brand asks for that, it's kind of shady, actually, yeah. like not to derail, but um, because you can't ever promise that. You yeah. don't know how it's going to do. Yeah. But I do feel that if if I have an expectation of how it's going to do and then it doesn't do well, mm-hmm. that's really hard on me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah. then I end up scaling back a little bit when that does happen. And I'm like, you know, I'm doing this for fun. This is a hobby yeah. for me. Um, if I can't devote the time to engage and everything, then maybe I shouldn't, I should take on less deals yeah. because I want to provide a good experience to the company I'm working with. For sure. I think that's such a good point is like, you know, and I, I really want to say this to folks who aren't influencers or aren't familiar with that world. But if you have like an influencer friend, or if you follow someone who's an influencer and they have um, like a brand collab, like support those posts Mm -hmm. like this is how people are growing their blogger business and it's not something that like they just post in for fun Mm -hmm. like there's so much work behind it and I know like folks who are in the influencer space or like have learned about that you guys know but let's support each other comment on those posts share them in your IGs let's start sharing those wins when you do a post with a brand like I can understand that like how you can get insecure if it doesn't get all these because you're getting paid exactly you know it's like it's like us going to work and us not like delivering on Mm -hmm. what we were supposed to do like you feel horrible it can really get to you and although we know this is the process of life right like it's gonna happen but what can we do as a community to like support each other and i'm telling you straight i'm talking to you sitting Mm -hmm. on your couch listening in the car support those people in your life who are trying to grow we gotta do it together like so if you see a ig if you see a brand post from like your favorite influencer like, like it, comment on it. Like, yes. you don't know how big of a deal it is f- 
for you, for that person, that blogger mm -hmm. to get a comment. Like there is a brand counting those comments, yep. looking at them, reading them, debating if they're going to work with this influencer again. Yep. So it's a huge deal and it doesn't take a lot of our time on the other right. side who aren't influencers. So I just wanted to call that out. Um, so just wanted to throw that out. Okay. We got to wrap up yes. really soon. Thank you so much, Julia. I have one more question for you. How are you? And I ask this every, <laughs> every episode I'm gonna, <laughs> I started. Um, how are you planning to follow that fear this year, this month or this week? Yeah. So one of my big fears that I've had a really hard time with, and I'm really working on in 2020 is the fact that I grew up being told that I had to be put together, like always be put together 100% of the time. Mm -hmm. And I have a really hard time, not, and I don't want to call it transparency, mm -hmm. because I like to think that I'm authentic and transparent on my socials, but I have a hard time opening up about what I'm actually dealing with. Mm -hmm. And so I hide a lot of that when it comes to my social media. And so that's that one thing I really want to work on, mm -hmm. because like you, you said so many great things about me and I'm like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. But then at the same time, I don't feel like I'm doing as great. Yeah. And so, um, trying to be more, I guess, honest, yeah. um, with my followers when it's not a great day, yeah. um, is a huge goal of mine for 2020. That's amazing. I love that. I know showing our like authentic selves and like, it's, you know, it's a fine line, right? Mm -hmm. Like you don't want to be negative Nancy on right. social, and that's right? The, that's the yeah. <laughs> but I know that like when you open up and mm -hmm. you know, it, it just opens a world of like relationship, like you yeah. build a relationship. So if those of you listening to this too, like sometimes like we, I mean, we're all on social. So like, if you're on social, you know how nice it is to like feel the realness Mm -hmm. When you're like, oh shit, she has a bad day too. Yep. Like, she yeah, just or seems even to have it together. If you have a long commute, I've started yeah. doing that where I'm like, oh, it's early. Like, I'm on my way to work. I don't have makeup on. Mm -hmm. I think, I mean, to me, when I'm as a follower of other people and I see other people do things mm -hmm. like that, I'm like, oh yeah, they're a real person. Yeah. And so that little thing, it's not like you're saying, yeah. oh, I, I have health issues. Yeah, you're yeah, just, yeah. Just like providing a little extra real. Yeah, I love that. I'm so glad. I cannot wait to see more of that uh, this year. <laughs> we will on, be trying. On countries <laughs> yeah. and Pellegrino. Yeah. Um, all right. So we're going to wrap up. Thank you so much. No, thank you. I appreciate you coming to my home and recording this. A very this. beautiful home, I might add. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Um, where can everyone find you? Yep. So I am on mainly on my blog, palmtreesandpellegrino.com, um, as well as on Instagram as palmtreesandpellegrino. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Thank you so, so much. I will wrap up everything we learned today, um, but thanks again. Thank you. And thank you for listening. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed that because I sure did. Thank you so much to Julia for not only sharing all this insight, but giving us her time. Here are some takeaways from the conversation I had with Julia. Number one, community is so important. Put yourself out there and meet like-minded people. Push through the awkward. This is going to help you with your creativity and growth. Number two, for brand deals, anytime in the future, make sure that any brands you work with at all align with your mission, your own brand, and your values. Number three, when pitching to brands, you always want to cover these five things. Who you are, why you want to work with them, state what you're offering in return, give them an idea and some consultation, and always have your data ready. 
Number four, for paid projects, treat it like a business deal. Ask for their budget, read through the contracts, especially for exclusivity clauses. And if that is in there, make sure to raise your rates. And then be prepared to make a schedule and be on top of your stuff. This is a business deal. Number five, if you're a small business and want to work for with a blogger, be prepared for a like a business deal and do your homework on the blogger. Don't just look at the number of followers that a blogger has. Look at their engagement, their comments, and make sure that they align with your brand. Number six, formalize your brand, regardless of whether it's a blog or this or that. Formalize. And here are three ways you can do that. Create an aesthetic across all the platforms you work on. Own your domain name. This is so important. It's basically your own URL. Own it. Make sure it has yourbusinessname.com. It's not expensive. And then last, be consistent and realistic of what you are offering to your customer. If you have a crazy busy schedule and can only post one time a week on socials or create content one time a week, then do it. Be consistent. Number seven, insecurities with growth is so normal. It doesn't matter if you have 2,000 followers, 20,000 followers, or 200K. We're always going to be looking for (laughs) that next milestone. So just get used to it. If you're going to grow, you're going to have those insecurities. But focus on your impact and not the numbers. And number eight, this one is for all the bloggers out there. If you have a friend... Uh, or a person online that you follow who is a blogger, when they have a post that is a promotional content or that has hashtag ad, please, please, please support that post. It means a lot to them. This blogging is a business and these posts are straight up business deals. So I always like to go the extra effort when I see that my friends, um, my blogger friends have like paid posts, I always go the extra mile and like do a detailed comment, like it, share it. Like it means so much to them. All right, guys, that is it. Thanks again to Julia. Thank you for sticking with us and listening to this through. I really hope you took something away, even if you're not, you know, even closely related to like anything blogging in your life. I hope you took something away. And if you did, it would mean so much if you shared this in your IG stories, if you left a comment within iTunes, like a review. Um, these are This is how podcasts grow. So like that's the best way you can thank us. And also make sure to visit Palm Trees and Pellegrino for a whole bunch of content, including a lot of stuff on blogging. So I'll leave some links in the show notes, but thank you again for your time. Have an amazing week. Follow that fear. Follow that fear this week, even a tiny little fear. All right, guys, have a good one. Until next time. Bye.